0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the R2 Podcast debut edition. I'm Running to Places Theater Company artistic director, founder, and your host for this R2 Podcast, Joey Steenhagen. With me, the lovely, the talented, the long-suffering resident music director of Running to Places, Jeremy Flatter.
1: Hi, Joey. It's such a pleasure to be here on this podcast with you. I'm Uh, very excited.
0: I'm excited, too. Uh, Now, now to be accurate, when you say to be here with me, you just mean
1: virtually, because we're in our separate bunkers right now. Yes, we are not allowed to see other people. That is against the rules.
0: It's true. So we are recording remotely. uh, Our lovely and talented and long-suffering producer and sound engineer, Jordan Furon, is going to be stitching this all together. (laughs) Woo-woo! Let's see whether or not he just cut out that reference, whether it makes it to the podcast or not. But hey, shout out to Jordan. Thanks, man. Uh, (laughs) So we're going to be talking about uh, all sorts of things R2P today. Uh, We're going to be giving a little bit of updates on what's going on. We're going to take a look at the Wayback Machine and uh, see some stuff and listen to some things from R2P past. uh, And talk about some shows that we like and give you some recommendations.
1: So Joey, I have a my my first question for you, I guess, is why did you want to start a podcast like this, man?
0: Uh, I'm I'm just here in my bunker, man. I'm just hiding out in this bunker on quarantine, and the fact is, I miss all y'all. Like I'm I miss being, you know, up there doing a curtain speech, saying hey to everybody, tell everybody to turn off their phones. Don't turn off your phones right now, because mm. chances are that's how you're listening to this in the first place.
1: The you, irony is not lost.
0: You can you can take flash photographs. I don't care. We won't know. Um, but this is just our way of connecting with everybody at a time when the conventional ways that we uh, connect with people by getting together to rehearse and put on shows and get together with our audiences uh, are just not available. And, and we want to stay connected as a community. So we thought maybe we'd record a podcast and see how that goes. And we're eager to hear... Uh, your feedback on, on what you think, what you want to hear us talk about, uh, or maybe you want to hear us not talk about anything at all. We could just, we could just not talk.
1: No, no, we, we, we have to. It's a, it's a podcast.
0: And, but that might be kind of a cool, new, pioneering way to have a podcast, just like an hour of silence with like a mattress commercial in the middle. I'm into it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So let's just give you a little bit of some updates. Uh, I don't know how many people even know this, Jeremy, but we were in the middle of doing uh, auditions. We actually had finished auditions for not one, not two, but how many shows? Three. Three shows. Three Uh, shows. We had auditions. We actually had those shows cast. We were all set uh, to begin work on Shrek Jr., with the youngest set of our R2P company, uh, those in grades six through nine. We cast Freaky Friday, the one based on the Disney movie that is hilarious and sweet and wonderful. Uh, And then Matilda, uh, which I don't think anybody in this area has done. And oh my gosh, we had some stellar casts going
1: for those. Yeah yeah we do we still have them we do in fact
0: and and that's an important point that uh, even though we're not able to do those shows now they're they're on hold they're on hiatus they're postponed um, they are not canceled uh, we have every intention of getting those shows back up on their feet getting those kids uh, back up on the stage and we're gonna be doing that as soon as you know conditions allow uh, so in the yeah. meantime we we just hope you hang in there stay tuned keep the faith and uh, we can't wait to, to get those kids singing and dancing for you real soon.
1: Absolutely. Uh,
0: so in the meantime, we want to keep people connected. Um, you know, a lot of people have been uh, following on uh, Facebook. I mean, my gosh, I haven't, I don't really do Facebook all that much, I guess, but it's kind of been a lifeline for everybody to some extent. I feel like it's got new life online social media because that's how people are connecting. Is that how you've been connecting with people, Jeremy?
1: Um, yeah, I mean like all the new Facebook groups, you know, with all the memes going around. I mean, I know for years Joey has has said that the only reason he goes on Facebook is to advertise run into places shows. It's true. Uh, and so yeah, I mean like I've I've definitely uh seen new technology stuff, you know. I've been spending a lot of my time on the on the YouTube more than on the Facebook. Uh, doing all that on the TikTok as well. <laughs> I got to learn what that is sometime, man. <laughs> it's, a, it's a place. I don't know if it's a good or a bad, but it's a place. It's a place.
0: Yeah. So we have a lot of things coming up that we're planning on doing. Uh, you know, just the other day, I don't know if people have caught it. Um, mm-hmm. We went back into the R2P archives and we posted on YouTube our 2011 production of Romeo and Juliet. I don't know how many mm-hmm. people caught it, how many people remember it. Honestly, it was one of my favorite things we ever did. It was just a stunning production, um, especially because of the fact that Romeo and Juliet to me makes the most sense when it's young people playing those parts. You know, Juliet is 13 years old and Romeo's just a little bit older, and just the rash decisions they make make sense when it's teenagers doing it. And so it was just, it felt like a really special production because they just gave so much to it. And and if you didn't catch it, you can go on the Running to Places uh, YouTube channel, which frankly isn't populated with too much. Actually, no, you can't find it there. It's an unlisted thing. Maybe I got to change that. Maybe by the time this podcast is going to go live, I will have changed that. I don't know. You can find it on the Running to Places. Figuring out as we
1: go along.
0: That's the story, man. (laughs) That's the way we're all getting through. (laughs) Uh, but you can check that out. Um, we've got some other wonderful things that we've got planned. We're, we're figuring out ways to get and keep the kids engaged uh, so that we can continue doing what we love to do, which is um, yeah. connect these kids and bring some delight to our community. So stay tuned.
1: Yeah, pretty soon I'm going to be going on some Instagram slash Facebook Live stuff. Going to be doing some singing stuff on there. To engage the RTB community in a little bit of music. I hear so, Ms. Harmony might be doing some stuff. Oh, we can only hope. We gotta get her on this podcast. Oh, that would be
0: that's that'd be a good get, as they say. Be a
1: good, let's see if let's see if she's uh, available. And with our busy schedule of probably also being quarantined,
0: <laughs> yeah, I had a moment the other day where someone was trying to set up a you know a Zoom conference as we all are on Zoom conferences the other day, of course, and they said, oh, well, you know, let's let's schedule it. Look at your calendar, and I said, oh, well, looks like my calendar is completely clear for the foreseeable future. So yeah, whenever works for you works for me. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, I have I have uh, so I'm I'm back at Ithaca College this semester. We're doing virtual classes how's that going up there for the right you know what it's going really fun but you know you have some professors giving you lots of time off some professors giving you extra work you know everybody trying to see where it's gonna go but you know professors saying oh we don't want to give you too much stuff because we know you're so busy and the answer is i i've pretty much cooked my way through every bon appetit magazine (laughs) at this point so it's good that you hung on to them i you know what it's a it's a a memory from my past—I'm very proud of. I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> it sounds delicious. It—it it is.
0: Well, I think it's time for us to hop into the Wayback Machine. I hope that's not a, a copyrighted concept. Ooh, it's it's a haunted Wayback Machine by the
1: sound of it. I don't know what a traveling time travel sound effect is. I think we'll put it in post.
0: Yeah. Hey, Jordan, can you put something great in there? Okay, ready? We're going to go into the Wayback Machine. Wow, that sounded. I, re-
1: I just, really, I really hope there was a sound effect there. I'm if not, that sure was there was. super no, okay, I trust. Cool, great. I
0: trust that there yeah, was. Yeah, no. Of
1: course, that's it. Was the best sound effect I ever I, heard. I have no doubt. Uh,
0: so we're going to take a listen to some clips. Uh, way back in 2009, we did a little show called Honk. Um, 2009. Yeah, yeah. Were you even born then? Were any of us even born then?
1: It's there are there are R2B company members that were not. Is that true? Yeah. Actually, there- as a matter of fact, yeah. Wow,
0: it's R- okay. I'm R2P is now old enough to be in R2P. Wow, there's some there's some beauty in that, right? This is yeah. this is our thirteenth. Se- oh, it's our thirteenth season. If that's you, what it was. That's what it was. That's
1: what happened. Sorry, everybody. That's our bad
0: <laughs> numerical bad luck. Mm. Sorry about that. Um, so, I mean, just, just to even take a step one click further back in the Wayback Machine. So running to places, we did our first show in 2008, January, 2008, uh, Fame was the very first musical that we ever did. I wonder how many people listening to this, uh, were there for that one. We did it at Culp Auditorium. Um, honestly, we had no idea whether anybody was going to show up. I still remember vividly to this day, the... Uh, not actor I guess maybe director producer artistic directors nightmare that I had the night before opening night where I was standing in the stage right wing at Culp Auditorium getting ready to step out to do my curtain speech and I peeked out into the audience
1: and there were approximately 12 people in the audience it's weird that your specific nightmare had tw- not no people but 12 people.
0: Yeah. Oh, no. Because if, if there were no people, then I'd have been like, oh, it's just a rehearsal. Uh, we can, oh, I guess we just were not. No, but if there's 12 people, you got to do the show. But that haunts me to this day. I remember that image and the feeling in the pit of my stomach. And man, let me tell you, every opening night, I think about that. I think about that and it haunts me.
1: Did anyone show up?
0: Yeah, lots of people showed up, and they've been showing up ever since. Uh, Well, that's nice of them. I gotta give a shout out to R2P super fan, my friend, your friend, Mr. Alan Rose.
1: Alan Rose. Um, you know,
0: Alan is a friend to all of the arts, I think, in this area. He's a fabulous musician in his own right, but uh, Alan didn't have any family members in the show. He just heard we were doing a show that night, decided to come check it out, and has been our most faithful, dedicated audience member from the very beginning. Um, Alan has missed fewer R2P productions than anybody that I know of, and that includes my parents.
1: And me. I, seriously,
0: like more than more than anybody. Gotta yes. gotta gotta love that Alan Rose. I He's sure the do. best. He is. Um, so anyway, yeah, that was Fame January 2008. Um, let's jump back in the Wayback Machine and go a little bit forward to the story we had started, Honk. The musical Honk. Not a lot of people know this show. This is one of my favorite shows of all time.
1: It's um, the best.
0: It's a musical adaptation of The Ugly Duckling. It was huge in London at the same time that Lion King was sweeping all of the Tonys in New York. It was sweeping the Oliviers uh, in the UK. Um, it is funny and, and moving and clever. Um, it's wonderful. So we did that show uh, our second season for the middle schoolers, the youngest half of our right. company. And uh, you know, we record all of our audition stuff because uh, you know we see dozens scores and scores and over the years, hundreds of kids. And so the way that when we're going to cast, that we have any idea what we saw after our brains turned to mush by the end of a long weekend of, aud- of aud- auditions is by uh, recording them so that we can review them later. And somehow I've managed to hang on to most of these recordings. So I have years and years of the most precious memories. Um, you know, people who've gone on to professional careers
1: that we've got recordings of them when they were young. <laughs> sometimes good memories, sometimes blackmail. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I guess
0: it, uh, it, it depends how it, how it turns out um so what i want to do right now is uh let's play a a couple of clips uh this is going to be three clips in a row from callbacks for honk now uh the character of ida she is the mama duck she is you know the the mother of the so-called ugly duckling the little duck has gone missing they're worried perhaps little little duckling's been eaten by a cat uh and so this song is the most beautiful, heartbreaking thing. It's called "Every Tear a Mother Cries." Can you stand it just from the title? Mm. So we had, you know, middle schoolers one after another sing this song. Uh, and what you're going to hear in a row are three fabulous young artists singing their their hearts out. Um, and I just would love to give everybody a peek behind the curtain of of the decisions that we have to make. You're going to hear someone sing absolutely beautifully uh you know lovely and and with heart and and spirit and and beautiful voice you'll hear a second one uh and and you'll see just how kind of ratcheted up um it is and just how um you know the difficulty of the choices that we make when you hear just how much uh more someone's able to give and then the third voice you're going to hear uh is Sari Coppell who for reasons that'll become clear momentarily uh went on to to get and play that part so here are those clips So, music director, what do you think?
1: Um, no, I mean, so so both both you and I have worked in uh, schools and done casting and non R two P scenarios, and the thing that will always be true is that you know any 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 of them would get the role anywhere else. I mean, those are you know really really solid callbacks. You know, but the thing we, we always talk about in callbacks is it's not about it's not about the notes and rhythms. Right? All three of them were totally in tune, we're totally on rhythm, we're totally making choices. And so it's not a it's really not a difference between necessarily good and bad. It's just, you know, who can bring really that extra X factor to the performances
0: yeah, and goodness knows uh, Sari is somebody who brought X factor by the wheelbarrow full. I mean, oh yeah, it, just in case you didn't catch it, in case you don't believe it, uh, she was in eighth grade at the time. I mean, that 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 performance, that voice she would be easily competitive with a lot of incoming college freshmen and musical theater programs around the country. There'd be so many people who'd be so delighted to have the instrument that that she had. And we were so fortunate to be able to uh, work with her at that time and, and until she did go off to college and pursue a musical theater program, and she's pursuing it to this
1: day. Yeah, one of the things that I think always has pushed R2P further and further throughout the career is that, you know, uh, that obviously was a middle school show on its own, but we have so many callbacks that are 6th through 12th graders, right? And that we have, you know, a 7th, 3rd, 8th grader that is able to compete with a 10th, 11th, 12th grader. Um, And not only that, but be able to see how they work in callbacks, right? Be able to elevate their... Callback ability, because callback ability is a different ability than performance ability. You know, it's it really is a different skill. Yeah. And so being able to see how older people work really pushes it. And then once Sari had gotten into 11th, 12th grade, there were new 7th, 8th graders who got to see her do it, constantly pushing everything forward. And I think that's what has always given... Um, such a high standard in R two P callbacks, um, which always makes our decision so difficult. so difficult, so and, difficult. And, and being, you know, it's something we say in all of our callbacks, and it really isn't a lie. I mean, you know, it was clear in those videos that Sari got the role. You know what I mean? But it's not like the first or second video would have done a bad job. It's not even would have done a bad job. They would have done a great job. Absolutely. You know, and had gone on to get different leads throughout our 2 p career. It's true. Um, and so it's really cool to be able to go back and listen to 8th Grade Sari and all those other, you know, people. Yeah.
0: And I, I, I love the fact that I can sincerely say when we begin the audition process, we have no idea where people are going to land, what what the roles are going to be. Um, you know, a lot of times in, in Broadway... Uh, when they've got people coming in for a role, it might as well be a police lineup where it's like, you know, this person, you know, robs a bank and all these other people are going to get called in for the lineup because they they look very similar. They're similar types. They're similar sounds, um, you know, that it's, it may come down to who fits the costume best already or, you know, who's who's the nephew or niece of the producer with R two P auditions, so many times you look at a, a group of people who are in the callback, and there's just there's nothing in common among them other than their carbon-based life forms. Um, we really don't know what direction we're going to be going in sometimes, <laughs> and it's so thrilling for us um, to find out. You know, oh, that's that's where this role needs to go. That's who's going to play this role. Um, yeah. And, and it's especially delightful and, and surprising because of the fact that uh, we work with young people who, what they can do changes so, pardon the expression, so dramatically and so rapidly that it would be such foolishness to precast anything because what someone can do this year may have nothing to do with what they're capable of, you know, how many times does someone walk in the room And by the time they finish their audition A couple of minutes later We look at each other with our jaws on the floor And go, she couldn't do that last year Where did that come from?
1: Yeah No, I think that uh, And, 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 you know, we'll talk about this in future podcasts Talking about casting and everything more But Joey and I have done Quite a few casting sessions together Working on like 40 Or maybe more than that Or something like that Um, And you know, pre-casting is always this thing that gets thrown around, and like at certain schools, you know, people say, "Oh, that's my, f-, you know, well, this person is the teacher's favorite, so we know they're, they're going to get the oh, lead." So and so's like "So
0: and so's turn to get the role this
1: year." Of course, they're right, gonna oh, they're a se- they're a senior; they got to get it. You know, it's, and we just don't do that at R two B. It's it's so a waste of everybody's time. One of the things I'm I'm very proud of in my terrible memory is I don't know what grade or school anyone goes to. <laughs> um, you know, if you're an R2B company member, you're an R2B company member. And so it's not like, oh, it's your turn because you're a senior, or, you know, oh, you can't get it because you're an eighth grader. You know, the pre-casting notions will, can only get you a, a worse cast. It's true. It's
0: true. and it, And it doesn't do anyone any good to put someone in a role that they're not right for that they're not ready for you know we talk about this a lot where um you know sometimes we're in the business of of disappointing young kids when the cast list comes out but um you know any day of the week i would rather have a situation where you know what i want to avoid at all costs is a moment where someone's thrilled when the cast list comes out and then apprehensive when rehearsals are beginning and then nervous as things are proceeding along and they're not feeling like they can do it, and then scared when the performances arrive, and then regretful after the fact. I'm never gonna put a kid in that situation. Um, Better, I'd rather put them in a situation where they can succeed. That's always our goal when we're casting, is where can we put the kids where they're gonna have the most success um, long-term? What's gonna do them the most good uh, in their development as a as a
1: person going forward, so so I'm curious, Joey. So looking back at series callback there, like what is there anything you could pick out that you were like, oh, that's why, you know, I gave her the role.
0: Well, in addition to the fact that she has and had at that time, and certainly continues to have such so a beautiful vocal instrument, um, you know what you can't tell in the. Uh, audio of this, you know, podcasting being podcast audio. format, <laughs> exactly um, you know, but you can see in the video um, was that she was prepared she was ready, you know mm. um, she came in ready to have you know, a, a 45 second performance of this piece um, you know, we talk about callbacks don't need to be memorized it's not a memory test, anybody can memorize but she was familiar enough with the material to make strong choices Um, she'd even thought through details like, um, you know, she, she hadn't just kind of rolled out of bed and showed up at the audition. She had put some thought into her audition outfit, um, in a way that made it easy to kind of visualize her as that character. Um, you know, I sometimes say that you do yourself a favor to assume that the people you're auditioning for are lazy and unimaginative. Um, they have so many decisions to make, so make it easy for them to picture, uh, you in that role. Um, you know, and she made strong uh, decisions. She had clearly rehearsed it. She had prepared it. It wasn't the first time she was singing it along to the track, you know, to the piano, so she knew what to do with it. Um, and and all of that added up to the, as you said, X factor. Uh, and, and boy, she gave such a beautiful performance every every night of that show. and And fa- fabulous work every day of rehearsal, too. Yeah. So, we're going to take a moment, uh, take a little break, and thank some of our sponsors. Sponsor time! (laughs) We don't, in fact, have any uh, memory foam mattresses to talk about, but it is my pleasure and delight to talk about a business that you, if you've ever attended a Run Into Places production, you have heard me talk about from the stage literally every time since season one, and that is our friends at CSP Management.
1: Yes, we love CSP Management. You
0: know CSP, you love CSP. I mean, I've actually been a tenant of CSP Apartments, so whether you're a renter looking to find a place to live, whether you're a homeowner looking for a little help uh, supporting your property and getting it done right, um, CSP Management, they are the people uh, to, to call, they are the ones to trust. Uh, you know, Jerry Dietz, who runs and owns CSP management, is a name that everybody in this community knows and respects, uh, you know, he's, he's the guy who walks the walk. He is the one, you know, responsible for everything from, you know, the AIDS ride, uh, you know, Taste of the Nation, where he's gonna be there earlier than anybody else, um, you know, getting tablecloths on the tables, he'll be there the last, uh, person to leave, sweeping up at the end of the night. Um, If it's a good thing happening in our community, chances are Jerry Dietz will be there and CSP Management is going to be supporting it. Goodness knows they have been supporting running to places from the very beginning uh, and we certainly appreciate them. Yay. All right, back to the show. (laughs) (laughs) We never left. Uh, So, Jeremy, I thought it might be fun for us to talk about uh, shows that we like. What are some shows? Oh, it's...
1: It's Joey and Jeremy talk about shows they like, Time,
0: Yeah, so it's my favorite segment and yours. Yes. <laughs> one of our oldest recurring segments on episode one of this R2 podcast.
1: Yes. R- really, it's an old recurring segment of Joey and I doing it in the R2P office on the couch, <laughs> but now we just set up some microphones.
0: <laughs> so now other people get to hear
1: what we think about certain shows. I thought today uh, I would love to discuss, uh, actually, sincerely, one of both of our favorite shows. Little Shop of Horrors.
0: Little Shop of Horrors is one of my favorite shows of all time. Uh, you know, it's, it was based on uh, that terrible B movie, uh, you know, from the, the 1960s in black and white. Somehow, somebody thought that this weird horror B movie needed to become a musical. Uh, and so it was turned
1: into one. Yeah, I mean, so music by Alan Menken. Lyrics by right. Howard Ashman. You know, uh, the two of them. Yeah, where do we know those names from? (laughs) They kind of defined Disney. Isn't that weird? I mean, like almost not quite every, but you know, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, the Golden Age of of the Disney movie
0: musical renaissance.
1: Yeah, if you if you think of of Disney in your brain, it's probably Mencken and Ashman. Like they are, and like how did they?
0: How did they get that gig after? kind of, you know, cutting their teeth creating this musical about a man-eating Venus flytrap from outer space who wants to take over the world.
1: I mean, the thing that, I mean, diverging a little bit, but this is really, you know, like, why Alan Menken, in my mind, is one of the greatest composers of all time, no question, and why Little Shop is so brilliant, is the thing that Alan Menken can do is he can write a melody that's not that hard, that's C- incredibly beautiful. And um, and, the, and
0: arguably use it and reuse it again. Well, yeah. I mean one of uh, my one of my favorite <laughs> aspects of Little Shop of Horrors is it has absolutely one of the greatest examples of what is called in theater the I Want song. You know, it usually comes toward the beginning of the show where the main character expresses through song What is it that she wants? So Audrey, living on Skid Row, dreams of living in a nice place and a happy life with somebody who loves her. She sings Somewhere That's Green. Far from Skid Row, I dream we'll go somewhere that's green.
1: Move over, Broadway. I know.
0: Thank you very much. Yeah, Ellen Green, you got nothing on me. Um, which is why it's all the more remarkable when you flash forward a couple of years to The Little Mermaid and there's Ariel in her clamshell bikini singing, Out of the sea, I dream will be.
1: No, that's not the the
0: lyrics. lyrics. What is she saying? You do it. You take a turn. Uh, Out of the sea, wish I could wish be? I could be part of your green I mean world it's kind of amazing it's the same song it serves the same purpose of the same part in the in the show it's the I want song yeah hey if it ain't broke man don't don't fix it
1: no I mean also like for for those looking for audition songs Finding I want songs and shows Somewhere that's green Little Shop of Horrors No exception Are incredible choices That's a good tip I always like When I you know I'm giving out audition tunes Or, or doing You know you want to pick a tune That like uh, You want to pick a tune That shows that you're like Going towards something And so an I want song Somewhere that's green Is such a good example of that um my so so Joey and I did do Little Shop of Horrors we did. together. We did do it. We did Back do, do it. Back when I was not a residential artistic director, but a company member of Running Places, as I was for its first three years. Um and I played uh Audrey Two. Uh not the wanting Skid Row Audrey that sings on the screen, but the uh Man eating, eating plants.
0: from outer space.
1: Right, which is the most typecast I've ever been, but,
0: you know. Oh. Um. And you were fabulous, I gotta say, because not only did you do the voice of the plant, but you simultaneously did the puppetry of the plant on stage in real time, which is, by the way, not typically how that show is done. There's usually an onstage puppeteer and a voiceover actor singing from the wing Uh, getting it all in sync but you did both at the same time and you were
1: fabulous i gotta say thank you thank you um the yeah it's a small cast show
0: yeah which is kind of why we haven't been able to do a show like that a long time we kind of can't afford to do small cast shows when we've got more and more kids showing up every year for running to places
1: it was yeah i mean it was it was really really I'm, like, thinking back to, like, the early days of R2P. So this was season two. The very end of season two, yeah. Right. And it was, you know, the the summer children, the, the new company members of R2P lately. You know, we have the Just Because Center and we have all these fancy places to re- rehearse and all these. But back in those days, man, it was... It was, you got your rehearsal schedule one hour advance to tell you what town you were uh, rehearsing in.
0: We rehearsed it in church basements. I think we actually rehearsed in my backyard in Newfield a couple of times.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was, got the bonfire going to keep warm. It was
0: it was classic Mickey and Judy. Hey, let's put on a show. We can do it in the barn. like
1: I do not get that reference.
0: Well, I, you're not old like me. Okay. One One thing that I love about this show is... Uh, it's hilariously funny and just also dark. It doesn't really pull oh, any yeah. punches. Like you wait for the happy ending. If you've ever seen the movie, the movie's brilliant. Directed by Frank Oz, a man who knows his way around a puppet, but they changed the ending to be like a Hollywood happy ending. And they give a little, little twist at the end, the musical spoiler alert, folks, it does not end well for anybody except the plant.
1: Yeah, and I was happy with that. I love it. I love it. No, the I mean, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. If nobody dies in a show, I don't like the show.
0: And yet you don't like Les Mis.
1: Well, that's for so many other reasons.
0: <laughs> I guess you don't like a show just because people die in it. But right, no, it's a big order, perk. It does help.
1: Okay. No, tune in in future podcasts to hear Jeremy's 25-minute rant about why he doesn't <laughs> like Les Mis. <laughs>
0: All right, let's switch gears and talk about shows uh, that we do like that maybe people, in fact, don't know. Yes. Uh, we'll, we'll do some obscure recommendations. Uh, Jeremy, do you have a, a show in mind that you think people ought to get to know that they don't know already? I
1: absolutely do. Okay, so mine is going to be Stephen Schwartz's Children of Eden. Ooh, tell us about Children of Eden, Jeremy. So Stephen Schwartz, right, of Godspell and Wicked Fame, um, mm-hmm. so a lot of people think of Wicked kind of like his and Pippin I don't know why I left off Pippin fame um, it's a good show too but a lot of people think of like Wicked as kind of his style as like this giant Broadway spectacle one of the greatest shows in Broadway history but that's actually not really what Stephen Schwartz does he really likes these smaller cast he almost doesn't like working on Broadway that much he prefers working on like big off-Broadway houses or like Boston or, you know, San Francisco. Um, and so Children of Eden actually never made it to Broadway. It was in Boston most of the time, I think. Um, and it's the story of essentially the Bible's creation from the beginning of time uh, all the way through Noah and the flood. Um, and man, oh man, everybody knows that the way to get me up in the morning is to get some belting and this show is just the pinnacle of it uh spark of creation is one of the greatest tunes of all time go listen to children of eden Children of Eden, uh, Steven Schwartz, highly recommended.
0: Great pick. Yeah, my choice is a musical that I have been wanting to do for so long. It's a small cast one, so the odds of R two P doing it, I don't know. Um, in my youth, I did it in my high school and my own community theater company. Uh, And I was raised on this show thanks to my parents. It is They're Playing Our Song uh, by Marvin Hamlish and Carol Bayer-Sager. And it is the story of um, a songwriting duo loosely based on uh, the the people who created it in the first place. Um, So Vernon and Sonia, uh, he is a composer, she is a lyricist, and they get paired up. Uh, to be a songwriting team, and of course they fall in love and out of love. Um, but kind of one of the hooks of the show is one of the kind of the gimmick of it is that uh, to help kind of express how they're thinking and feeling during their songs, backup singers show up and they kind of serve as their consciences, kind of, you know, additional voices in their heads uh, as they're trying to, you know, sort of like inside out. Um, you know, but it it it's a great way to have a two-person show that suddenly has excellent three-part harmony backing up the main vocals. Uh, And did I mention that it's a disco musical?
1: Thank God.
0: Written in the 70s, the original cast was uh, Robert Klein, comedian Robert Klein, notice I didn't say famous Broadway musical theater singer (laughs) and dance man, uh, Robert Klein, and Lucy Arnaz, yes, the the daughter of Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. Um, she's got a voice deeper than yours, Jeremy. Wow. Um, and uh, oh my gosh, the, the I just, I love this show so much. I can sing along and in fact at every opportunity in the car do sing along with every word of every song. Um, so they're playing our song. Uh, the, 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 the song that I would recommend if you wanna get pumped to it is uh, When you're in my arms
1: you in my arms
0: and i feel you close to me life's what it's supposed to be uh, which is obviously when things are going well for the for the couple um, oh man it's a jam it's a bop as the do the kids still say that they i,
1: I don't know i haven't seen well, it they, i haven't seen it sure in i'm pretty sure i weeks. just ruined
0: it for everybody yes <laughs> they don't say it anymore if you're listening, if you're looking for a bop try they're playing our song but don't take my word for it. ba at Ba-da-bow. All right. Uh, so, yeah, check that song out. I also think it's not available on most streaming platforms. You might be able to catch it on YouTube. Uh, I bought the album years and years ago, so it's somehow still in my iTunes library, I guess. We're such um, hipsters. So we are. Uh, I don't have it on vinyl, but I think my, my mom still might be able to put her hands on it. Um, I should ask her about that. Anyway, uh, if you run into my mom, ask her if you can borrow the vinyl of it, um, but you don't get within six feet of my mom, please. Um, all right. I think that's going to do it for uh, this premiere podcast uh, for us. The R2 podcast, Come to a Close, Episode 1. Let us know what you think about it. Our website is probably still a little bit out of date at the moment, although it's going to be getting some big updates soon. That's runningtoplaces.org. Running, T-O, places.org. Follow us on Facebook and all the social medias at running two places, running TO places, uh, to keep up on the latest and, and greatest. And thank you for listening. We're so glad yeah. that you were here. It's, it's so Assume, wonderful. Assuming to be able to
1: anyone hear. has listened this far.
0: Well, if. If they're not listening, then they're not hearing me thank them. Well. If they are listening, then thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank
0: you for listening. I mean, sincerely. Thank you for for sticking it out, for sticking with us. Um, We miss you like crazy. We're so happy to have this opportunity to interact and engage with you. Um, Let us know what else you want to hear. Keep your hands clean and your chins up. And be well. And catch you next time. Bye. Bye.